Welcome to The Teaching Curve, a podcast exploring the pedagogy of global politics and international studies, produced under the auspices of the Innovative Pedagogy Initiative of the International Studies Association and made available through ISA's Professional Resource Center. I'm Jamie Free, Associate Provost and Professor of Global Politics at Bridgewater College. Each episode of The Teaching Curve is a conversation with a thoughtful and innovative teacher of international studies. The goal is to celebrate and inspire pedagogical creativity by telling stories of teachers like us, who wrestle with the same problems we do, who fail and wish they had done better just like we do. When they push through the challenges and find solace in both the effort and often the successes, it helps us all take up the gauntlet and dedicate ourselves to the work required to be better teachers of global politics. This episode is a conversation with Dr. Jan Wudert, Associate Professor and Director of Curriculum and Instruction at the City University of Seattle in Washington in the United States. Jan's won numerous teaching awards and is the editor of a new book, Signature Pedagogies in International Relations, just published this year. In our conversation, Jan and I talk about a liberal arts approach to teaching and how adopting one can help build a variety of skills and attitudes into any global politics course. How having students identify and own their assumptions at the beginning of a theory class can help them understand the nuances of IR theory and the nature of politics more generally. And the concept of signature pedagogy and how it can inspire reflection and deeper thinking about those deeper structures that affect all our teaching. Jan Ludert, welcome to The Teaching Curve. So happy we could make this happen and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for the invitation, Jamie. So um, these podcasts, episodes, we try to start off by helping everybody understand a little bit about where you are as a teacher. And the best way to do that is for you to describe the people who make you a teacher, who are your students. So tell me a little bit about your students. Yeah, you know, I'm currently, um, I'm actually the director for curriculum and instruction at City University of Seattle. Um, so I have a broad view of the whole student population, really, because much of my work is rather administrative. Um, but I also teach for Northeastern University, um, and I have been teaching quite a bit in our international programs at City University in Seattle. And so um, a mix of international students, especially uh, students from China, uh, and currently I'm also teaching graduate students for Northeastern who are... Um, really interested in applying their learning to often a pretty specific idea that they have about a career or where they want to take their career. You know, I, I sometimes think back of my, on my teaching philosophy and as something that's, uh, uh, two things that are quite central in there are the ability for students to come out of a, of a, of a, of a class or a course with me or program is to be better at showing empathy and at perspective taking. Um, but also understanding their role in the world as positive agents of change. Um, in many ways, I think, and I'm a strong believer in some, some sort of a liberal arts tradition to IR teaching. And mm -hmm. um, that really entails um, preparing students, um, not, not just to be experts, but to be humans in the world uh, that have to solve really thorny and complex issues. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how that approach has um, resonated in your institutions? Like, um, do you feel like that approach is appreciated? Do you feel like that um, kind of liberal arts approach, as you phrased it, 
is typical of the institutions where you're teaching? You know, I think in North America, and I, I, I'm learning this as, you know, I've, I'm now more than a decade into living in North America. Um, I have learned that universities often live, live two existences at the same time. On the one hand, they have to be economically viable. Mm. And on the other, they are uh, aiming to provide uh, valuable education to students. And depending on where we sit sometimes, I think the one takes precedent over the other. Mm. Uh, and I certainly in my role also on the, on the administrative side, sometimes feel that the liberal arts tradition to teaching gets lost in the mix. And we have to remind ourselves that it's, um, it's about being sustainable, but it's also about what, our, what is our long-term vision? What's our value in, in terms of providing something more than it's, uh, just a, a career step, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's always a tension, um, but I believe by, by modeling uh, an interest in, in, in the liberal arts and citizenship skills, if you will, um, that that shows uh, results, right? Um, students um, appreciate it. They, they, be, they become better, not just at the content and concept, but also at the way that they engage with each other and um, uh, uh, deal with difference. Uh, you know, I think we often encounter strong opinions in the classroom and mm. um, by also working on that perspective, taking an empathy piece, I think we can really also affect, um, um, like you said, developmental, uh, and building character as well. So tell me a little bit about how you came to that approach to your pedagogy. Um, did you have those kinds of experiences in your own learning as a student? Uh, I first, um, during my undergraduate, I, I, I took up the chance to study in, in, in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania for six months. and. That was a really life-changing experience for me. Um, I came out of East Germany, uh, the wall had come down and um, I was able to study in a, in a country where uh, a fraction of high school students uh, get afforded a space at the, at the university. So it really showed to me the type of privilege that we have when we're able mm -hmm. to go to university. And then the, this, uh, this then meant that I um, took up the opportunity to work in international development in Botswana for several years. And there I realized that international relations on the ground can be really messy and frustrating. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to know more. So I went to school and I did my master's at the Australian National University. And um, people like Christian Rusmit and Catherine Morton, uh, they were great mentors to me in terms of teaching. Um, because they brought a passion and they, they brought an interest in the individual and everybody in the classroom. Mm. Um, and they created really lively discussions. And that really continued as I went to the University of British Columbia, where I worked with Richard Price and um, Katarina Coleman, who, who was my dissertation supervisor, and Alan Sens, who was, um, I think, believed the first professor of teaching at UBC. Um, and I just enjoyed that they made teaching uh, not just a side, a, thought, a, a side project, but it was something important to their, to the trifecta, I think, what academia is. You know, we all have to do the admin work. We need to do our research and then there is teaching and um, keeping that front and center is something that they really influenced in me and imparted on me. No, I think it's a, it's a, a valuable thing to have encounters with people who understand and value teaching 
to the degree that they're willing to um, to be explicit about that and to talk about its role as an identity of being a professor. And in many ways, it's um, it's sort of almost an empirical question too, because as much as I totally can geek out over the history of sovereignty, um, only a handful of people read my work. Mm. Um, but how many people do I affect in a classroom? Mm. And how much um, can we really can we really do as we're engaging with each other? And you know, of late, of course, due to online teaching, not so much, but. Um, when we're together uh, and when we're exploring issues together and especially issues that are front and center of this next generation who are trying to figure out ways in which they can curb climate change um, or other issues that, that, they're, that are close to their heart. So I've almost always found it intriguing that we are putting so much emphasis on knowledge production in this, in this um, almost blindsided way because clearly when we're in the classroom that is scholarship too in its own in its own right you know regardless of whether we're talking about the scholarship of teaching and learning which is a whole other area that uh, I find really fascinating um, but we're learning it together that's the I think the togetherness is really a central aspect to my to my to my identity as an educator so can you tell me something give me an example of a pedagogical approach, a tactic or a technique that you think you, that you use, that you found that really exemplifies that uh, approach to your teaching identity? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a very simple one, which I just, just love in the beginning of any international relations theory class to ask students and to take a poll on what their, their view on human nature is. Uh, are humans intrinsically bad uh, and selfish? Are humans intrinsically good? Or is good and bad something that we sort of make up? Mm -hmm. And you know, and then rents, hands go up about people are bad and hands go up, people are really good. And some students say, well, you're good and bad, you know, something we make up. And then I go into, well, you know, what we just looked at was some three key assumptions of realism, liberalism, and constructivism, mm -hmm. three schools of thought. And by doing that, by using this simple exercise, students know that their perspective is one of many, mm -hmm. that how they think about the world is actually illustrated in theory. So theory is not something abstract that's difficult and complex, but it can be broken down. Mm -hmm. And I just often find that we come back to that question and the course is over and the student comes to me and said, you know, professor, in the beginning of the course, you know, I said people are bad. I've, I've changed my mind. Um, you know, I'm more of a constructivist now. And so we never explicitly say that, but it's kind of that. And th that's actually really neat when that happens. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. That's a, a it's an important lesson because, um, as you say, that idea that um, the, the assumptions about the world could be different just because other people have different assumptions about that is a great gateway into sparking the kind of interest and curiosity into how that could get channeled into specific things that people associate with politics. You know, politics is about the stuff that's not settled yet. And so we can uh, reasonably 
ask students to formulate opinions about those things, um, not because they have to match them with something that is is the case. And we know, but because it's politics is a conversation and they are already always part of that conversation, whether they choose to embrace the opportunity or not. Um, so I like the, to in, in, <clears throat> envision them and help them see themselves as that agent we were talking about that is a, a contributor to these conversations that, I mean, they have many layers and people are specialized in these things, but that doesn't mean that they can't come in and participate as well. Um, knowing that they are, uh, th that they are part of the process of settling some of these things, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, I think that goes to say that what we, what I think is central to in teaching politics or international politics is we are a discipline that looks at praxis and at, at deeply ethical or normative questions and, um, helping students disentangle that and being better at understanding right now we're dealing with a normative question. Hmm. Um, should we have nuclear disarmament? Is that a good thing in and of itself? Uh -huh. um, well, it gets complicated pretty quickly uh, when you start bringing in national interests and um, you know, all sorts of questions of, 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 of the normative or ethical domain. Mm -hmm. And then also talking about the praxis of politics and um, the history of that. And I, I like your notion that politics is never settled. Um, I think oftentimes students come into the classroom thinking of politics, what's in the newspaper or what they saw on, um, on a talk show. Um, the news of the day is very ephemeral. It, um, it, it, it is not settled because it's just busy, busy right now historians and political scientists, they have something to say about what news on a particular day ended up mattering a lot more than mm. any other news. And so helping students also understand that, that longevity of politics and how you know, we're, we're in sort of uh, equilibria over time uh, that settles certain normative questions. Um, you know, the civil rights movement, I think is a great example or decolonization mm. or um, um, the right to vote um, or how um, the global south has entered international institutions at, at, as more equal participants. Mm. Uh, those are all really questions about what has happened and how is that praxis and that those normative questions are still undergirding those practices. Um, mm. And that's really, I think, really fascinating when students get into the weeds of that and find something they can dig into. Agreed, agreed. So, uh, Jan, you've got a new book out that talks a lot about pedagogies. It's a uh, it, in signature pedagogies. It's from uh, e-international relations publisher. Uh, tell me a little bit about the project. You know, this is a um, this was a long long labor. Um, this actually started with work that I did at the University of British Columbia, where I was also working at the Center for Teaching and Learning as a graduate student. Um, uh, teaching instructional skills training, and um, I was involved in a research project um, that looked at signature pedagogies in the arts. Um, and signature pedagogies um, is a concept that really comes from, from education. And it, it, the, basic, the basic notion of a signature pedagogy is that all disciplines have a way of imparting knowledge. Um, 
And we have, uh, there's a model that, that we applied in the book and we have, um, I believe some 14 chapters from, um, from authors from around the world, from all, from all types of institutional settings, starting with R1 institutions all the way to uh, smaller liberal arts colleges, um, contrib contributors from, from Europe, from Hungary, from Brazil, uh, private nonprofit institutions, young and older professors, and they're all using this model of the signature pedagogy framework um, to reflect on their own teaching and <clears throat> their own teaching practices. And at the center of, of, of the book's um, uh, impetus is to really think about, well, what are the implicit and explicit notions in our teaching to bring forward a more reflexive, reflexive basis to our teaching? Because um, oftentimes when we talk about teaching, we end up talking about the surface structure um, that Schulman outlined in his signature pedagogy framework. And that is the how we are doing. Mm -hmm. How are we enacting the teaching? Are we using a lecture style? Are we using a Socratic method? Um, but below that, um, there is the implicit and the deep structure. And the implicit structure is about who counts as important. Um, what concepts uh, make up our uh, frameworks? Mm -hmm. um, who do we disregard as epiphenomenal? Um, and then in the deep structure, there are those ethical questions. Um, who do we actually listen to? Who are the authors who have influenced a discipline? Um, um, ethical questions, which I think are, are increasingly important in IR teaching that's uh, taking much more of an interest in not simply the old white man who informed us, whether it's Morgenthau or Waltz, uh, right. but also right. bringing in other perspectives. And so there's a really interesting and wide range of, of, of scholarship in there. Uh, we have uh, people reflecting on um, teaching abroad, uh, where they take students to Indonesia. Um, we have uh, contributions of uh, a, a, a group of professors from Brazil who are involved in the uh, teaching the model United Nations. Another uh, professor from Australia uh, um, writes about looking at Hannah Arendt's notion of thoughtfulness and how thoughtfulness is part of his, you know, back to your point, identity of teaching. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a really rich uh, reflection on teaching. And I think the, the takeaway message I try to outline in the first chapter is that uh, international relations is actually better understood as signature pedagogies in the plural. Mm -hmm. um, while we do share a certain set of common features uh, with each other, uh, many of us really bring their own identity and their own interest uh, into the classroom and uh, that we're better understood in this plurality um, of teaching. Well, and, and of course it makes sense in the sense, it, it, you know, IR and international studies more broadly are generally considered to be interdisciplinary kinds of things, uh, uh, disciplines and fields. And, and that really, I think, would be reflective in how people think about not just what they're up to in a classroom, but how they know the world. And, and so helping others to know the world in the same way would, of course, include a variety of different approaches, a variety of different um, I don't know what you called it exactly, but that signature piece, that grounding from whence all of your work comes 
would of course be varied and and that's one of the strengths of the of the conversation that we get to have as a discipline i think and which reminds me of um the one one aspect to thinking about signature pedagogies is also about how we were informed in our own teaching mm -hmm. and how that really in many ways sometimes creates critical pathways in which we continue because well this worked for us um or this was really difficult for me so somebody else should jump through the go through this uh, go through this experience too yeah i'm thinking mm -hmm. back at my comprehensive exams for instance but um by unsettling that a little bit and thinking about that yes there is a habit to teaching but is that actually the best way uh, is this the best way to teach this next generation of students um and by doing so i think we're also questioning our own praxis praxis as teachers on a more regular basis um rather than thinking of um, teaching that we prepare the course once and we'll teach it the same way 10 years down the line because it works for me. And I think what that creates is a real risk of staleness um, and um, disengagement uh, with, with not just what we teach, but whom we teach to. Mm. Um, and so this notion of the habit that's formed through signature pedagogies and, and thinking of new ways and taking the risk and trying something new that um may not work and you have to go back to the drawing board and you have to admit yourself and to the to the students in the classroom you know i tried this today this is a new technique and um, i have to revisit this um but it makes the classroom lively and i think that's ultimately uh, a shared sentiment by the authors well this is a great way for me to throw in a pitch for the innovative pedagogy conference which the isa is sponsoring it takes place on the Tuesday before the ISA convention starts in Nashville, it's March 29th. It's an all-day conference, um, and it's an opportunity to encounter a variety of different perspectives, uh, to hang out with people who are focused on teaching. It's a, a great opportunity that I hope people take advantage of, in addition to all the regular um, conference roundtables and panels. And, and I agree with you. I think there's an increase in the number of people who are treating this as an important part of what contributes to, to them as members of ISA and as people who are who, who earn our living helping other people. Very few of us earn our living on our book royalties. I'm sure you will. No, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but most, so most of us are spend our time and our energy mm -hmm. uh, that make us professors mm -hmm. with our students thinking about how they can understand those complex and intricate parts of the world that we get to wallow around in full time. Uh, Jan Lüder, thank you very much for this conversation. It's enlightening to me. It's always great to find people who are dedicated and um, investing themselves in the same kinds of things that I think the audience for the podcast is really into. Um, and it, it's great to, to find uh, resources like the book to be able to um, relate to those things on a, on a deeper level, to hear the stories of the people in there who are struggling with many of the same things that all of us uh, work through as we try to live up to the potential of our students. So thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and uh, for putting on the podcast and spreading the word on better teaching and learning. 
The Teaching Curve podcast is made available through the International Studies Association Professional Resource Center under the auspices of ISA's Innovative Pedagogy Initiative. You can send feedback or suggestions for future interviews to teachingcurve at isonet.org and follow us on Twitter at Teaching Curve. Thanks for joining us again on The Teaching Curve, and remember, learn something every time you teach.